Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media with out the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. And what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another great episode. You all, I'm really excited about today because we have one of my favorite music producers and people who is behind a lot of my favorite songs like 23 by Miley Cyrus and so many other artists that you all probably enjoy also. Um, we have the amazing Mike Will Made It. I'm so excited. So if you like music, if you like Miley, if you just want to hang out and talk things, this is the episode for you. So Grab a seat, grab a snack, grab your headphones, grab your Spotify wrapped, all the above, and let's get into today's episode with Mike Will Made It. All right, Mike, welcome to the show. How are you? Good, I'm good. How are you, brother? Good, good. Um, so before we get into everything that you're up to, we always start off with the question of what the term young influential means to you. Ah, uh, young yeah, influential. Um... Young Influential, I mean, I feel like Young Influential means a trailblazer. I feel like it means a risk taker. I feel like it means like, um, you know what I'm saying? Um, innovative, you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like just to be, to even be influential, you know what I'm saying? You have to be all, the, all those things. And then when you're young, it, it just points out being like on a journey, you know what I'm saying? Or just getting started or like, having a vision where you're like, you know what I'm saying? You're still like uh, learning and still growing and still have room to expand or whatnot. I think it's a combination of all that. And that that's really good. And I feel like you brought up a good point too, where it's like innovation and stuff doesn't come at just like a certain age. It can come when you're 12, 13, 20, 50. It come at any time and point. So this whole notion of us feeling like you have to be at a certain point in life or a certain age to do impactful stuff is just not true. So that's like a really good point. Nah, I feel like I feel like the best time you could do something impactful is when you get it. Like that that might be the best time, but I don't know. I don't know. I take that back because sometimes it's an art to ignorance. Like it's an art to not not getting it. So that's where a lot of times 
Like we end up finding ourselves doing stuff at an early age or at a young age. You know what I'm saying? Like even with me, like I was like running around 16 with Gucci Man and like doing Gucci Man mixtapes. And like they came out when I was 18 and like I was like at like 21. You know what I'm saying? I had song, I had all the songs in the underground scene. And then it was like by the time I'm 23, I have a production team. And like this production team was something that I ideally wanted to put together or come up with when I was in high school, but it started like really coming together as I was growing. So I, I feel like once you put your mind to something and you set forth at it, I feel like that's what that's what really is gonna set you on your path to, you know what I'm saying, doing something innovative and, and capitalizing on it. And I, I'm you know what I'm saying, like I'm strong on like the product supply chain and just paying attention to that. I feel like a lot of times people creating a business or, you know, I just feel like a lot of times it's hard to, it's hard. It, it depends on what you want to do when you're being innovative. You know what I'm saying? If you want to make it into a business, I guess I just jump straight into business. You know what I'm saying? When I started talking about the product supply chain, my bad. But um, yeah, I just feel like you're right though, man. There's really no age on it, but I just feel like it's an art to ignorance. So that's why a lot of people, like have that breakthrough success, like that that first honest like breakthrough success. Because people are, honestly, they just want something to look at. That's what it's about, as far as no, that's that's no, that's true. That's a good point. And um, just to like rewind us back, like because you you brought in such a really good point. Um, going into like, can you take us back to like your childhood of like what were those main first influences that inspired you uh, growing up, like wanting to get into music. It was really man just listening to all all types of different music. My mom, she was she was like stronger to the gospel music and like R and B, like older R and B. And then um my my pops, like he had like he was like a DJ, so he had like all types of di- different bands, like Earth on the Fire, you know what I'm saying, Michael Jackson albums, like Temptations, like Al Green, like everybody like the oldies, you know what I'm saying? Like and he would he would like point out like panning like effects and all that different kind of stuff like when I'm listening to music and then I started like my my older sister she like she like a lot of rap music and then my other sister she liked a lot of like R&B pop music so I was hearing like everything and then like my my music of choice was like hip hop off the rip and like I was like more gravitated to like well like in the 90s it was like a west coast sound it was like you got Dr. Dre, you got, I, I remember like the first rap song I feel like I learned was like, damn there like Coolio or something like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you feel know I me? Mean? And it was just, it was like Tupac and and then even like Outkast was working, was like rapping on like a, a West Coast vibe. And then like, um, then I was like, like into like Puff, you know what I'm saying? And everything that he was doing like, but with like R&B and hip hop and just like his sound and everything like that. I don't know, just being like a student of the music the whole time, just seeing that every everything's just start evolving, like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like like Manny Fresh and like Hypnotized Mind, like they started giving like the South like a sound. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like like that Memphis sound was just like that that dark, turned up, like, you know what I'm saying, rock rock kind of feel, <clears throat> hip hop, you know what I'm saying? But then it's like then you got Manny Fresh, he just his shit just sounds so cool and just makes you want to move and just makes you want to bop. And then it's like, you got Lil John coming after that. And that's when I started really paying attention to like producers and stuff like, 
during like the early 2000s, like I really started paying attention to it, like with like as far as production. And like as I as I evolved, I started paying attention to production in different ways because I started understanding production in different ways. I just really started grasping it in different ways. Like, you know what I'm saying? At that time, it was just like how, how it just made me naturally feel and just made me like move or just, you know, like that kind of vibe. But then later on, I just started, um, like I learned about music theory in Georgia State. That's when I really started learning about like just any composer or artist or anything like how how you can identify like okay this is this, this person because like they're leaving their DNA on it when you when you just study like these different I remember the first time I took a test in that class like my teacher was just telling me like man yo I'm just gonna play I'm gonna play like different pieces from these from these different composers and you just have to just say who who you know what I'm saying the composer is. And I'm like, man, how, how am I supposed to know? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, to me, it just sounded like a symphony. And um, he was just like, man, yo, when you listen to Jay-Z or you listen to Kanye West, like, you know the difference, right? Like, you know the difference between, like, Diddy and, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah. And he was like, okay, so when you listen to this, like, certain compositions or certain pieces will come in real subtle and, quiet and then they'll just raise into something real suspenseful or either certain things that just be like come in just very intense or certain things that just sound real happy and it's like you'll start picking up on like oh, okay this is this is this this is this guy this is you know what I'm saying this was written by this person or this was written by that person so I started looking at production different then you know what I'm saying when I started looking at it like that like you know what I'm saying because at that time I was trying to build my production team and yeah, it just, it just helped me with all that because like when you when you start some when 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 you when you when you do something innovative, it's like and when you start something, you might not think about the business aspect mm-hmm. of it, or you might not be thinking about everything into it. You just might have just a good idea, like you know what I'm saying. But it's like it's so much that goes into it, and it's like when I learned that part from music theory right there. That was when I when I really started realizing like okay this how you, this how you put your DNA like like I said Manny Fresh just he had like that bop or like hypnotized mind they had like that that dark rock and roll kind of rap and then Dr Dre you know what I'm saying they had like in the 90s R&B mm-hmm. like it had like those live instruments with the like with the beat or the drum machine beats or like the samples, you know what I'm saying? With the drum machines, like it, it had all of that in there, you know what I'm saying? And then you were just, then I was able to identify these different producers and, and like the sounds that they were bringing to like the production that they were doing. You just start really start learning it like when you really start like just, cause as a producer, you have to, you can't just, you can't just make a beat and, and call yourself a producer. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like you have to be able to make a beat, engineer, write a song, like you have to be able to do the whole process that it takes to make a record hands-on or hands-off. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, Forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. And it doesn't happen overnight. Like, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I want to do music production or I want to do songwriting. And they expect to be like, the next egg Sharon or the next baby face or the next whatever. And it's like, you have to give yourself that grace and that time to really get to that level. And like you said, like through trial and error and just like not feeling like you need to have like the business plan or, you know, this, the sound I'm going to have, this, the things I'm going to have, but kind of giving yourself that grace period to really learn and grow and like test new sounds and test new genres and mess with Man, you know, you know how that, you know how they say them 10,000 hours, like that shit is not just like a rhyme or like a riddle. Like, it literally takes like at least ten thousand hours. Like like you said, it's a whole process because you start looking at things differently. Like if I like I started, I made my first beat when I was fourteen. It it was like a it was it was like Guitar Center, but it was called Mars Music. Oh, I remember, I remember Mars. Yeah. yeah, we had that in Atlanta. I think. Yeah, exactly. I think we had it there. Yeah, exactly. So, boom! I went to Mars Music and. And like I used to just mess around on the keyboard and just play on the keyboard, and my homeboy used to tell me like, "Man, bro, you should make beats because I I could like hear some certain things on the radio and then I could just like play it back or find a way to play it back." And he was like, "Man, you should make beats." And I'm like, "Man, I was playing sports at the time, so I ain't, I ain't even really know what he meant by making beats." I went to Mars Music, and then. I saw the NPC there and I remember seeing those like on a lot of hip hop DVDs and stuff. So I was like, man, hey, how do I use this? And then they showed me. So I'm, I took that, um, I took that little, that little, um, I think it was like a Nokia or I forgot what kind of ringtone mm-hmm. that was in that hollaback yucking uh-huh. that did it, did it, do it, do Yeah, I, I took that, boom, made a beat around it. I remember that shit like it was yesterday. I never forget it. And they were asking me like, damn, like, Man, how long you been making beats? And I'm like, man, this really the first beat. Like, y'all just show me, y'all just show me how to use this. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it was the NPC 2000. I was like, and they were like, man, you should start making beats. So then I, I was like, okay, this might be a calling. So I told my pops, like, man, I want to make beats. So he got me a beat machine when I was like 14. It was a core ES1, and I, I just started making beats on there. I taught myself how to make beats, taught myself how to count bars, all that different kind of stuff. Just just teaching myself just an art to ignorance. You know what I'm saying? Right then and there, 
I knew in my mind I wanted to be as big as, like, because this one little John was going fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? I just knew he was going crazy. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't looking at the music theory or anything like that. I was just knew little John was going crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because he I knew, dropped so many good hits. Like, because I was in, yeah. I lived in Atlanta during that time too, like, oh, to like oh one oh four, and so yeah. I just remember that time, and I'm like, oh, this is definitely like a little John song, and he's producing for everybody. Like I remember when he did like he was doing stuff for like the like rockers, and then he did stuff for like the hip like the typical like hip hop veterans and stuff, and just seeing like how no matter what genre he was messing with, just being like you said, like you could hear yeah. his like signature on whatever. Yeah, thing he, was doing. he had it turned up. And you know he had it turned up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Even when there was an R&B song that's laid back, it's like that voice, you know what I'm saying? It was just signature. Like, man, it's a little John joint. You know he going to have like a, a chanty part. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know you know what it is. Like, and it's going to be sticky. And it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just know what it is. And, and like, over over time, like, like with Lil John, he gonna have that sticky mm-hmm. melody and them drums. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and you know what I'm saying? He gonna, he gonna, and he was like a good blend in between like how Manny Fresh and like Hypnotized Mind was kind of coming at for me. You know what I'm saying? Cause he could make you move. It could feel bright and it could feel like dark and like turned up. Like, you know what I'm saying? With the drums and like the sticky melodies. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Manny Fresh always had a beat like with Real Big. I remember when Real Big came out, I was like, by the first second in, I was like, this is Manny Fresh. Like, yeah, this is that, like, real. thick bass and, the, like yeah. you said, that Midwest sound. <laughs> Word. So, so like, as, as I started making beats, it was like I was making beats and I was like, I was making beats and then I, 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 got, a, I got a couple of my beats to, um, to Gucci Man, right? And then, uh, like, I, I had, like, I was in a, a group on my side of town and we had, like, a crazy buzz. Like we had like a crazy buzz and we were like performing with like Shotty Low and like all the guys from the west side, all the all the guys from the west side of town, they would come to like my side of town, um, and Cobb. We would be like the opening that, but we had like a crazy buzz because all the all the people out there, they knew our song. So at this time we just we just playing around making music and it's like, man, but we got like a we got like a movement and stuff. So then it's like, boom, I go from there to you know, doing beats for Gucci. And then I'm, I'm making the beats for Gucci. And then, like, though, I graduate high school and then those beats come out. And then, boom, like, they hit the club. And, like, man, like, two or three songs I got with Gucci ended up being, like, like classic A-Town mixtape records. Like, you can play them in the club right now. They're going to know them. And it's like, I'm like, okay, bam. But I'm still right here, like you know what I'm saying. I still, I still ain't make a, I ain't make a, I ain't make nothing, you know what I'm saying. But it's like I'm, my name is ringing bells, like now it's ringing bells in the city, and around the city. But and now it's not just on my side of town, but it's like okay, how do I turn this into like something like, and um and then like um, my uncle Alice, like somebody that I looked up to, he was like a genius musician, like play the guitar, play everything, play the piano, play everything, like and he used to. He used to be in the in the basement every day. You know what I'm saying? He used to always buy equipment and he used to just make bangers every day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just all day. And but he never had a song like on the radio or on anybody's album or anything like that. I was just looking at it, I was like, man, damn. Like, all right, boom, I got these, I got like 20 some songs out with Gooch. Boom, like songs, I got a couple songs going on the mixtape, a couple songs going in the club. All right, how do I turn this into something? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then it's like, what's the difference between 
all these producers that I'm looking at with like this sound and like this movement and like because it started evolving. Like I'm looking at Kanye West, you know what I'm saying? I'm looking it's at like Pharrell. All, all There's these, like so many. Tim, at the time. Timberland, yeah, Tim, yeah Timberland. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at everybody and I'm just like, man, look, what's the difference? I'm like, oh, I gotta have like a production team. It's it's like McDonald's. Now now I can break it down like this. It's like McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? It's like having like a whole menu. I had to realize that, man. Not only am I a music producer, like I'm a curator. You know what I'm saying? So like, even when I'm producing a song, I'm curating a song. You know what I'm saying? Or like, when even when I built my team, I'm curating the team. When I executive produce an album, I'm curating this album. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm a curator, and I and I feel like. With, with that, with understanding that, I'm like, okay, boom. I, I need to build a production team. I see Puff and the Hitman, you know what I'm saying? I see, like, Lil John and how, you know what I'm saying, how he does it. I see Polo the Don and how he does it. I see Dr. Dre and how he does it. I see, you know what I'm saying, I'm, and I'm seeing all these different guys and how they do it and how they're bringing a sound and how they have a team and how they, you know what I'm saying, like, touch so many different genres and so many different artists and so many different, you know what I'm saying, frequencies. And like, okay, boom. So I'm like, man, okay, I need to do that. So boom, we're gonna call this ear drummers. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna call this this company ear drummers. And I'm and I'm gonna only link up with like producers who I think is on like my level or better, and like that I think that we can like come through and be like risky and like risk takers and like trailblazers and like you know what I'm saying? Kind of like push the you know what I'm saying? Like push like a new sound, like come through with a, with our new sound. Like what's our new sound? Like you know what I'm saying? Like I seen all these different guys come mm-hmm. through, like with with like their sound and like this wave and like you know what I'm saying? And um and so I'm like, okay, man, if we're gonna do it, like I'm thinking Apex. I'm you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking like, man, let's do it. Let's do it the biggest. Like you know what I'm saying? Like like and so um and so on the on the journey, you know. Well, am I? My bad. I'm, I might be rambling. No, no, no. This, can is good. No, this is good. I'm a, I, this is good because I'm like I, I'm one of the. I'm a music. I'm a music nerd. So like, you can go down a rabbit hole, and I will be like, yo, I'm taking notes. But like, you were saying ear drummer. So like, how did you got? How did you like find the different artists to sign and like find the different um, like people to work with? Like, how did that kind of go? Were you guys like just like going through like YouTube and SoundCloud or was it more of just like actually going to the clubs and places? It was like, I was in the club every night. I've been going to the open mic since I was like in my first group when I was 14, 15 on school nights. I was going all around the city from, you know what I'm saying? I was on the North, I lived on the Northwest side, you know what I'm saying? But we'll go all the way to the South side, to J-Paws. We'll go to the city, to all the different open mics, at, you know what I'm saying? All the different, everybody in the city, Already, you know what I'm saying? They know my story. They they see me come up out here like from the dirt. Like when I was I ain't have nothing going on, I was right in the dirt. You know what I'm saying? So boom. It was like at the end of the day, I know I always think different. And I always think different and I'm always thinking like got taste. I feel like with having that, you're gonna you're gonna go across similar, you know what I'm saying, or like minded people, you know what I'm saying? Or they're gonna stand out. Like those type of people stand out. Naturally, I'm a leader. Like, even when I was in my first group, I was the youngest in the group, right? But I was a producer, and I was the one that would be setting up our shows. So I really never had a problem, like, going out networking with people and chopping it up with different people and stuff like that. So, boom, the guys in my group, they ended up, like, a couple of them ended up getting locked up. They ended up deciding not to do music, you know what I'm saying? And, boom, I ended up running into Gucci Man at Patchwork, and then, boom, 
me and him exchanged numbers. And, you know what I'm saying, he ended up getting locked up. And then me and Walker ran into each other in the club. And then and then Walker, we, me and Walker didn't even know. He didn't know I was Mike Will. I didn't know he was Walker Flocker. You You're know what I'm saying? You're like, he just and, was some other guy I just met. <laughs> man, it's crazy how we met. That's a whole other story. It's like we're damn near about about to fight each other the first time we met. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, we, we worked past that. And um, we ended up exchanging numbers and and he and he um he ended up connecting me back with with, with Gucci Man or whatnot. So like around around that time, like I was always like a networking person. So like A plus was the first person with ear drummers. He went to high school with me. He was in, you know what I'm saying? I've been knowing him since eleventh grade. During all this journey when I'm meeting all these different guys, A plus was right there, you know what I'm saying, right there with me, you know what I'm saying? And like he might meet different like independent guys out of the city and they might have some money and they might tell them like, Hey man, I got 75,000 for you right here. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on over here. Like sign with me. Like Mike ain't got nothing going on for real. Like you could do the same thing that he got going on. Plus just never went with it because you know what I'm saying? It was certain things that I would tell plus that would make his sound better and certain things that he would tell me that would make my sound better. And we would just sit on the phone and just, and make each other sounds better. Like, you know what I'm saying? So we were just locked in. When I came up with the work, with the name Eardrummers, I called Plus. You know what I'm saying? Plus came up with the Eardrummers tag. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then after that, my homeboy, Schooly. Schooly was just my homeboy. He was just somebody who used to come to our shows and different stuff like that. He wasn't making beats or anything. And I taught him how to make beats. And then, boom, me and Schooly just started cooking up together as I was teaching him how to make beats. And then, boom, I had met my brother P. Nasty through a mutual person from our side of town. Um, he was trying to be an artist, and we were we were both working with him. And so he he saw what I was trying to do with ear drummers, and he knew how talented P. Nasty was, and he connected us. And um, I had met P. Nasty, and I heard P. Nasty's music, and I'm just like, yo, man, it's crazy, bro. You're you you the missing piece. You a missing piece, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because he had like just a different mm -hmm. sound, and he had he had like a polish on his sound, and my my sound had like this dirt to it, <laughs> and and it, and it was like when when I when I met Gucci, the first time we worked with each other, and the first wave of music we came out with, that dirt and that grit, it worked so perfectly because it was time for that. It was time for that right then. But when I brought it back, when I brought like my next beat CD back to Gucci, when we went back to the studio, he listened through all the beats and was like, man, you gotta, you gotta level your sound up, Mike Will. Like you gotta level your shit up. You know what I'm saying? I was like, damn, what you, like, what you mean about Yeah. Like what you, what you mean by that? And then he was, just, he was just like, man, I'm trying to, I'm trying to take it up on that. He was like, don't take it personal. That's what I said. I told Zaytoven the same thing. Like, and then he started dropping shit like Rockstar Lifestyle, Lemonade. You know what I'm saying? He started working with people like Bangladesh mm -hmm. and you know what I'm saying, Drummer Boy, Shawty Red. And I'm and I'm hearing, I'm like, okay, I, I'm hearing, I'm hearing what he's saying. So now I'm trying to push it there. But then my homeboy is Walker. We we going to the club every night. I done damn near tricked him in and start rapping. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know what I'm saying? Now he done became he, he done became a rapper. You know what I'm saying? But he's killing it. Everybody already loves Walker. You know what I'm saying? But this is why I'm telling him like, bro, you need to be a rapper. Everybody already telling him like, man, yo, Walker, you ain't never thought about rapping. They already mentioned it in the tune, but I'm I'm with him every night. We in the club every night and I'm showing them YouTube like, look, bro, these folks already love you. Like, bro, just start rapping. Gucci saying our name, just start rapping. You know what I'm saying? Boom. 
Rockstar rapping. He lit. So next thing you know, but he's telling me when he starts rapping, he don't like where my beats is going. He like, man, you can't, man, your beat sounding too polished, man. You need to go back to the old Mike Will. And he was like, he was like, man, man, I gotta introduce you to my brother. Um, he was like, I just met this this young producer named Southside. He was like, man, bro, I gotta introduce you to him. Like, man, he gonna bring you back to the old Mike Will. And like, how did you like, how did you like learn about other beats though? Like, I feel like like you said, like different working with different artists, they're gonna want different needs. So like, how did you? like manage that like how did you like kind of learn different ones whether it be like different beats from various genres or elsewhere so 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 like even when walker said that right like i and me and walker used to be with each other every day i i don't have a placement on a walker flocker album you know what i'm saying and that's my brother you know what i'm saying i i couldn't meet the needs right then for him and even with gucci I couldn't even meet the needs for Gucci's album, so I had to I had to stay down and work. I had to I had to build my team. I had to create that sound. What is that sound gonna be? What is that? So now it's like I'm linking up with. I got my brother A plus. I'm linking up with. Uh, uh, I got my brother Schooly. I'm linking up with P Nasty. Now P Nasty brings Mars. Mars brings J Bo. You know what I'm saying? Now it's like I'm. I got all my guys right here in the huddle. Like, hey, look, you need to tighten up this on your beats. Here, you need to tighten up this on your beats. You know what I'm saying? He telling him, hey, bro, you need to tighten up that on your beats. And then boom, you know what I'm saying? And then we all working right here within each other and, and creating this sound. You know what I'm saying? Everybody has their own strengths and weaknesses or like, the, you know what I'm saying? Their own type of type of beats. You know what I'm saying? Now we're all like sharing these beats. Like we're, we're hearing mm-hmm. it. You know what I'm saying? We, we at like a certain frequency. Now it's like, okay, we got beats. Now it's like, okay, we have to, if we talk about the product supply chain, okay, the product supply chain, this is how I break it down. I might be wrong. You know what I'm saying? I know we're, I know, I know we're on the, you know what I'm saying, a business website. I don't want to get butchered on the internet. But but this is my layman's terms and, and a good way for me to break it down for my peers and for them to understand. But you know what I'm saying? You have raw materials. So raw materials is that, is that raw talent right there, that raw talent out of the basement. You know what I'm saying? We're making the beats and we just have beats and we have sounds and we have beats. Then you have the supplier and then the supplier goes to the factory and the manufacturers. So boom, the supplier is not a person who either brings that beat to the studio or the artist who brings that concept to the studio and like, yo, I need a beat. So now when you're in the factory and you're manufacturing, it's like Coca-Cola. You're not going to drink a Coca-Cola out of a drink box and be like, oh, yeah, let me get that Coke right there. You're going to be like, what the fuck is that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because it's not shaped like a Coke. The bottle's not shaped. You don't see that red and white. You don't see the cursive. You don't see the classic. You know what I'm saying? Like, it takes all of that to make a Coke. Now it's like, okay, boom. We got this beat. We got the, we got a concept, you know what I'm saying? We got to put this on there. Now we got to, you know what I'm saying? We might have to bring it to this songwriter. You know what I'm saying? This songwriter might write the hook. And then this hook might, might you know what I'm saying, be good for this artist. And then this artist sings the hook. And then you bring these artists in and they do the verses. And then now, boom, now you got a song. Now you take it over here and mix it with this engineer. And you argue with this engineer no matter how many times it takes for this mix, whether it's 20 times, 10 times, 30 times, it don't matter until you get the right product and then you take it to the label, which is a distributor. And a lot of times artists, they, they get upset with their label and they say like, man, yo, like, 
man, I don't man, my label, man, they sleeping on me or my label this <laughs> and my label that. Man, the label just wants to distribute. They just want to take your take this product that you create that you manufacture and put it on the shelves to the retailer, to Apple Music, to Spotify, to to um, so TikTok, <laughs> Tidal, you know what I'm saying? YouTube, they're putting it on the shelf. You know what I'm saying? And then it goes to the consumer. You know what I'm saying? Like that, like one, once, once, once I started looking at it like that, like that's when I was like, okay, I have to focus on the first three steps: the raw material, the supplier, the manufacturer. I'm the creative. You know what I'm saying? I got to focus right here. You know what I'm saying? And I know eardrummers is part of the distribution process, so we have to have that eardrummers menu like mcdonald's you know what i'm saying we have to have the breakfast the lunch the the desserts the you know what i'm saying the everything the that makes up that menu <laughs> exactly and and that's what eardrummers was that's that's what that's what mike will p nasty uh jbo a plus mars you know what i'm saying ray shrimp that's where everybody is you know what i'm saying like right there it's like that's that eardrummer menu you know what I'm saying? Like, that's that McDonald's menu. And it was like curating that. Like, just the same way they curated McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? Curating that and understanding the product supply chain and, and being able to output uh, a certain level of quality product to the world to be able to build a brand that's trusted. You know what I'm saying? Where they know, like, when they hear Mike Will Made it or they hear Eardrummers, they either love it or they either hate it. And they love it for whatever reason or they hate it for whatever reason. I was going to say, like, speaking of that, like, speaking of, you brought up a good point earlier about, like, working with different artists. Like, for instance, like, uh, the song 23, like, you were working with Miley and Wiz Khalifa and, like, all of them. Like, in an instance where it's, like, not just different artists, but artists from different genres, like, how does, like, working on a track like that, uh, like, come together? Because I feel like you're working, you're trying to balance to make sure, like, each person feels heard, but also that it sounds authentic to like that artist and stuff, but also then has the sound of like what you're used to putting out. So like, how does like something like that come about? So it's like that right there. It's like, okay, boom. I hear this cool beat from my boy Pete Nancy. I'm like, man, bro, this beat is crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, man, yo, I take that beat and I take, um, we can't stop to, um, my boy Teron. Boom. Teron, Hell of a songwriter, you know what I'm saying? He, all he, he's just a walking jukebox. All he does is drop hits. So I go to Teron, I give him some beats. I'm like, bro, man, man, we got to make, I'm trying to make this the new wave. I'm working on making this the new wave, this the new sound. So it's like, we need to have these top lines. So he does a song about Jordans on it. Very broad topic. Like, it, it just taps the sneaker culture. So it's like, okay, a sneaker culture song. So it's a culture record. I need to get a pop girl on here rapping about having on some J's, bro. Like, like I wanted like Rihanna. I wanted like, I wanted different people. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, I was about to go in the studio with Miley Cyrus to do We Can't Stop. So I was like, man, bro, if I can get Miley to do, <laughs> bro, if I can get Miley to rap this, bro, about some Jordans, bro, man, that shit gonna be big for Jordan. That shit gonna just... You know what I'm saying? I wasn't even really thinking about just like necessarily like my brand. I was just thinking about putting together something cool for the culture. Like, and I was just buying Jordans at the time. And it was just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just, it was just cool. It was like, man, I, I never had met Michael Jordan before. I ain't never really like the Jordan brand just seemed so like far fetched. It was just like, man, damn, like this is, this is going to be hard. Like, if, Nobody even seeing this coming. One, Miley rapping and two about Jordans. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't even know. 
at this time, we don't even know, like, does she wear Jordans or, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like, man, boom, I hope she gets the concept, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, boom, I, I go to the studio with her, and I'm like, yo, I got this idea. And it's crazy, the day before, I had Juicy J and uh, Wiz, they pulled up on me, and I just had a whole session with them, and we were just doing, like, a bunch of different records. And then I was like, bro, I got this one song, bro, I hope Miley gets on this, bro. Either way, I'm going to get uh, um, uh, uh, like a pop chick on here, but I, I feel like Miley will do it just because she likes We Can't Stop. I feel like she'll do it. I'm like, man. So I'm like, man, hey, yo, hey, Juice, Wiz. I'm like, hey, bro, I got I got this song, man. I'm, I'm going to do with Miley tomorrow. I'm going to do two songs, but I'm going to do this one. I'm going to do that one. You know what I'm saying? They were like, oh, yeah. They, I let them hear it. And then they were like, damn, you think she's going to rap? I was like, bro, I hope so. You know what I'm saying? And they, were, they were like, man. <laughs> I have to find out. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were like, man, I think, I think she will, man. This should be turned up. So they did their verses. And then the next day, I go to the studio. I go to the studio with Miley. And then I'm like, we do, we can't stop. And then I'm like, hey, yo, man, so look, I got this idea. Like, if we're going to work together, man, like, we got to just try different things. Like, this is how we're going to, like, be able to, like, Cause she was trying to like just just try something new, like break through. That was like she off of Disney now. She trying to break through as an artist. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, man, we got to just try different things. Like, man, you young, you cool. Like, I feel like the new generation. There's no, there's no person my age. I'm 34. There's no person my age or younger that didn't grow up listening to multi genres. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We all grew up MTV babies. You know what I'm saying? We could flip right over to BET or VH1 or CMT, whatever we you know what I'm saying? We could just flip right there. We was we we all grew up like that. All the way to streaming babies. Like it's even more like everybody's listening to all types of genres. So it's like I don't feel like to me in my mind, I don't see how that's far fetched. You know what I'm saying? Like that song right there, it was just a great idea. You know what I'm saying? I don't even see how it was far fetched, but I see why it was like such a mind twist or like a mind fuck for like people and, and and they look at it like, hold on, what? You know what I'm saying? What am I what am I listening to right mm-hmm. now? So even and when, like it's a vibe though. Yeah, so it's an all the way vibe. So it's like I, I if I get her on on this bounce right here, like this down south A town bounce right here, and it's just and it's just cool. It don't sound forced, it just sounds cool. Hopefully she gets it. So I, I, I let her hear it and she's like, no, nah, I don't know about that. Like, I don't want to be like, I want to be like a rapper or anything. I don't want people to <laughs> like get it confused and think I want to rap. I'm like, nah, you're not a rapper. Like you're literally, man, it's like us working with each other. It's like, I just like to take artists out of their box. You know what I'm saying? That's another thing I wanted to be known as as a producer. It's like, man, when, when an artist works with Mike Will, it's like, man, I want them to look at, I want, I want a person, I want the consumer to receive it like, Man, Mike always has an artist do something different, or like he always produces that record that I always wanted from this artist, but never knew I needed from this artist. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like that's what I'm always aiming for. So it's like, um, boom, I'm I'm telling her this. I'm like, yo, she's like, man, I'm gonna sound stupid. Like trying, I'm like, no, we're gonna go bar for bar, and we're gonna make sure this is perfect. Man, it's gonna come out too perfect. Only if you with it, though. You know what I'm saying? She was like, I mean, I try it. I try it. I was like, all right, bet. <laughs> Boom. We go bar for bar. It's perfect. Now her label, they love the song, and they, and Miley was like, it's not for my album. You know what I'm saying? And Wiz and Juicy just dropped. So I'm like, man, yo, I've been dropping mixtapes. I put it out as my single, and they were like, hell yeah, like it makes it makes sense because it's like your idea and you put it together. I was like, man, all right, bet. Say less. 
at this time I had like at this time like men 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 the team, man, probably like ten. 10 songs on the radio or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't even know. It was, a, it was a lot of songs. Yeah, it was a lot. Because I remember when that one came out, I was like, I felt like, yeah, you had like numerous. For real. It was, it was like, it was so many at that time. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot of songs on the radio. So <laughs> so it was like, man, at this time, I'm like, man, yo, I'm going to take this song. I do the same. I, have, I run the same play. I just take the song, come back to Atlanta. I pull up to certain different spots. I see how people react. I pull up on certain DJs, pull up on certain creatives, see how they react. And then, boom, I, I know exactly what I got. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly. If it's cool in Atlanta, it's cool everywhere. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, all right, bet. So her, her label was telling me, like, Mike, you can put the song out, but you need to move Miley. You might need to move her last because she doesn't work on radio, urban radio. Like, she doesn't have an urban record. I'm like, no, we're going to keep her first. Just, just, to, just like, to, I said what I said. Yeah, just, to, just to throw everybody's whole mind off. Like, who is this rapping? Hold on, this Miley Cyrus. Hold on, run that back. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, like they end up loving the whole joint, and then it's like shoot a dope video, and they see it, and it's like, and it's not all for, and it doesn't nothing about it seems forced. It all seems organic, and I feel like that's what I that's what I try to do. Like as a producer, like try to put together those collaborations and make it seem organic and make it seem like everybody was in the room where everybody might have just came up with this, you know what I'm saying, together. And it's not, you know what I'm saying, it's not taking anybody too far out of their, you know what I'm saying? Out of their comfort zone, yeah. yeah. I feel like a lot of times whenever, I feel like that's also a hard time that when you, also when you work with like brands and stuff and like other, and networks where they're like, oh, we want you to do music or do that for that. But it's like, okay, like, can I be fully myself? Or are you guys trying to edit me and cut me like, into being more like radio airwave ready. Like I know you like done stuff with like ESPN and stuff. Do you feel like you've run into that problem where you feel like, okay, I got to like edit or come a certain way. I can't really like do it how I want to do it. I, I did feel like that at a certain point when I was coming up and rightfully so it was like my first time doing things like this, like commercials or movies or different things like that. So like when I'm coming into it, all you hear is target. Like, when I was coming up, Target, all you can do is go get a job. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can't go in there. You can't really go in there telling anybody nothing. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's the only thing I, I like, I see, like, with Target or, like, I see with, like, any of these big brands. So um, until you build, like, a brand and it's a trusted brand and that's what your brand represents, as soon as you do that, it probably didn't have to take that long, but it was just, like, the mentality it took. It, it, like it took some time for me to get out of the mentality of, and and knowing what it was that I was doing because I didn't even realize at that time like I knew what I wanted to do I knew I wanted to be like a successful producer and I knew I wanted to bring different sounds together and bring different collaborations together and like just put together like these rare pieces of music you know what I'm saying out here and um I knew I wanted to do that and that's that's about all that I was looking at it as like I, I set like a first like our first list of goals, like with the team, was like, man, we're gonna get a radio placement. We're gonna put out an artist. Um, we're gonna get a record label, and um, we're gonna get on. We're gonna get an album placement. We're gonna get on the radio, and we're gonna be known as producers. That was our first list of goals. You know what I'm saying? Boom, we checked them shits off. You know what I'm saying? Now it's like, oh shit, what do we do next? Now it's like, okay. We got to put out this successful artist. Now we put out this successful artist. It's like, oh shit, what do we do next? And it's like, knowing, knowing to keep setting those goals and knowing what's next really helped. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
And I feel like also it's also very key to like not feel like you're too far gone. It's, I feel like a lot of times like artists and stuff, whether artists, creators, or anybody successful, they like will reach a certain point and forget to like give back and reach back. And like I know with you, like you have foundation and stuff that you give back to and um, charities and things. So like kind of like how do you ba- how do you also like balance that within like reaching a certain part, getting in different rooms, but also being like, okay, no, I still got to do this. I still got to help out. I still got to reach back and like make sure I'm not getting too like far gone. I, I feel like I feel like it's just I feel like what what we're getting to is just um, knowing your place, like knowing your place, knowing what you, knowing your brand's place, knowing what you represent, knowing what like what part of the product supply chain you're on, and what what product are you creating. Like what's the what's the beginning, middle, and end look like? You know what I'm saying? Like what's like if we're making music, then the raw materials is the snares, the the ideas of the songs, the whatever. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the supplier brings that to the studio. Boom, it goes to the record label. It goes to the retailer. You know what I'm saying? If we're making uh, food, then it's whatever key ingredients, whatever the raw materials is to create this hamburger patty and then it gets distributed to the grocery store and everything like that. Once you know if you're on the, the are you the farmer? Are you supplying the, the 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 raw materials to the factory? Are you doing the marketing plan once this all gets packaged up? You know what I'm saying? Are you the distributor? Are you, you know what I'm saying? Sending it out? Are you and just knowing knowing like like what what your what your position is and then what what position your brand holds i think that that keeps your integrity when you do go into brand partnerships because some some partnerships don't don't actually make sense mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and sometimes just jumping at every partnership and just like oh just excited that you're that you're working with this partnership then you'll find yourself editing or doing just different things or like you're kind of like a work for hire it's not really like a collaboration mm-hmm. but like once you have like a brand like i feel like at this point like even with espn like how they came to me and they have me as like like a curator for like the nba the the nba season on espn like that right there is like like now i can have conversations with them like nah nah I think I think we should use this sound or like look here here go like a list of beats mm-hmm. or like yeah we should use this artist or like okay yeah we should get this different edit to this song and we should put this one version out like this and da da because at this point like ESPN is like they just came to me and heard all the new like they just came to me and like yo what have you been working on they came to Giant first and I just partnered up with Giant Music. And they were like, man, like, what are you guys working on? Like, man, we're just digging for music. And they were like, yo, we just did a, a, a partnership with Mike Will. So they were like, Mike Will? Like, damn, what, what's he been working on? So they set up a meeting and boom, I played them a bunch of music. And then they heard all this music. They're like, yo, man, we never even came to a producer before. But like, <laughs> man, we like we, we want to use like almost all these songs or all these beats, you know what I'm saying, on our on our station. And like, man, can you can you curate the sound for the NBA season? I'm like, I'm like, man, hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? They were like, man, we had a couple ideas. We had a couple people that, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, we were going to reach out to, but we, man, we might as well just lock this in. So we, we popped it off with different breed. And then I gave them, like, I, I went through a bunch of different beats and then they picked a bunch of different beats that they loved. And then it's just... I'm playing different beats from like the different guys on the on the on the team or playing different beats from me. And this is like 
this ear drummer sound. This is like a sound that over the last decade, like, you know what I'm saying? We've hit the target and that frequency has, has came through and like cut through and like the mainstream of music sound. And everybody's like, well, already known. Everybody already knows what it sounds like. So it's not like you're shocking anybody's system. It's like, it's like knowing that McDonald's breakfast, breakfast, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we smelling all know those that. pancakes. Yeah. Yeah. Smelling it or just, you know what I'm saying? Knowing, knowing that, knowing that burger, you know what I'm saying? Being blindfolded, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just knowing that. And it was like, when I, when I took a step back, hindsight is always 2020. So like when I take a step back now and I look at all this stuff now and the way I could break it down now is like, it's like, boom, we, 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 we've, we've created, we've created that, that brand, you know what I'm saying? We've created that menu in the, in our thirties, like in my thirties, right? I can't look at it like my twenties, twenties. I was just creating, I was just freestyling, mm-hmm. just running and creating in my, in my thirties is like, now I can understand like, okay, Boom. This is this is what this is what has to be brought. Even giving back. Like I like to give back to, you know what I'm saying, certain people who might not have had any light in the tunnel or like any any type of hope or thought like, man, this shit is damn near impossible. Like the the impossible is possible. You know what I'm saying? Like impossible couldn't be impossible without the word possible. You know what I'm saying? Like you you can't even spell <laughs> impossible without possible. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's like like understanding that, you know what I'm saying? And just and understanding that is 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 shorter to say possible than it is impossible. You know what I'm saying? And it's quicker, it's easier. Like if we were buying letters, it would be cheaper. You know what I'm saying? Just look at it like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, but like under, understanding that and, and getting a, a team of people and, and curating a brand and understanding what you're understanding what you're doing. You can freestyle on your business to start off, but like at a certain point, you gotta be like directional. And yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, you gotta be directional. And I feel like that's how you end up understanding how to give back and how to, you know what I'm saying, expand and how to, you know what I'm saying, actually do your service job. Like if you're doing, if a production company is still a service job, you're still producing, you know what I'm saying? A sound or music or whatever for whatever it is. So it's like, you're able to do your service job at its max. You know what I'm saying? Because you understand what it is that you're trying to do. I understand what, what it is that ESPN is looking for. So I know how to deliver that with my production team. To be a super producer, I don't have to, sit here and make all the beats, engineer every song, mm-hmm. get every, do every set. I'm not a magician, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's like to be able to coach, like I, like you said, you can get to a certain level and then you can start feeling like... Yeah, like, like I don't need anybody. I can do I it all it. myself. Yeah. Exactly. You, you can get right there. But it's like, man, when I when I got... Or, I, or you can get to a certain level and just not know where to go. You know what I'm saying? And just mm-hmm. be like, man, damn, where do I go? And I had got to a certain level and 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 really just looked at I never looked at it like I could do everything myself but I but I looked at it like man I've done everything I I, I won a Grammy I went number one I put a lot of producers on uh you know what I'm saying I made I checked off all everything that was on my list so like now what do I do next you know what I'm saying I lost my hard drives my label deal just ended I'm like what do I do next and I had to realize like okay I'm a coach you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like I, I got this production team all these guys got, you know what I'm saying, catalogs from, from us, you know what I'm saying, us working together and, and focusing on our on our first three parts of the product supply chain and just nailing these songs and getting them out. You know what I'm saying? So now we got 
over 200 songs that we produced out here. And you know what I'm saying? No telling how many went platinum, how many went gold, how many won Grammys. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even, we, we weren't even keeping count, just head down, just straight working. Mm-hmm. And and so then it's like, okay, I'm a coach. Let me just coach these guys. Uh, Roddy Rich wants to go in the studio. Hey, Roddy Rich, I ain't going to lie. I retired music. Like around, seven, around 2018, 2019, when all that was going on, I retired music. So I told Roddy Rich when I when I met him in 2019, I said, Hey, man, I ain't gonna lie. I'm not I'm not, I haven't even been in the studio. I haven't been been making any beats. I don't even know if that's even still me. But I'm gonna put you with my guy 30 Rock. He part of the air drummer team. And I know y'all gonna make a banger, bro. Like what you looking for from me, you're gonna get from him for sure. And boom, they made the box. And that shit fucking went diamond. You know what I'm saying? And I feel and, like that's key too. Like to, to, like you said, like to be like, you know what? Like I'm not, I'm not the best person. I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh, if it's not through me, then I don't want to help. And it's like you have to like know, be, know what you know and know what you don't know. So like for you to be in the stream, be like, hey, like I don't know if I'm the best person, but let me like put you over here with so and so. Like I feel like that's also a sign of strength. And I feel like a lot of times like people think that like. Oh no! Like if I can't do it, and I don't want to give it to someone, so it's like it's like no, like that's a sign of strength. Like yeah, to be able to that, point to who can do it better. That's being a strong coach and knowing who to put in and who to put where and how to and how to navigate. That's being a strong coach. So then I started feeling like okay, I started seeing like my strengths of being a coach. I was seeing it even being a producer and putting songs together, but I started seeing it right there, like putting like taking a step back. Like I don't want to produce this, but. You know what I'm saying? Not that I don't want to, but I'm not even in a mind state to even do it. You know what I'm saying? But I know that these guys can do it. And like seeing that become successful and like seeing like different people that you put in position become so successful. Everybody who's on that menu, the breakfast is booming. If this is McDonald's, the breakfast is booming, the lunch is booming. You know what I'm saying? The desserts is booming. Everything is booming. You know what I'm saying? And um, to see that right there, I never wanted to be that person that took a step backwards and wanted to go start Big Macs mm-hmm. and, and just to show that I can get it booming like McDonald's. But then it's like, I started looking at myself like Phil Jackson, like I'm the coach like that. Like I'm out the game and I'm just doing it like this. But I'm like, no, I just lost my hard drive. So I'm really Kobe. I, I just rolled my ankle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody looks at it like, man, you, you still have your jersey on. You know what I'm saying? You still have that eardrummer jersey on. Like we need to hear some, some more like Mike Will Productions and, you know what I'm saying, different stuff like that. So then it's like, okay, boom. Now I have um, I have bought, like during that time right there, like 2018, I had bought, well, 2017, I bought this 20,000 square foot art gallery in Atlanta, you know what I'm saying, right in the city. And um, boom, I just knew I wanted it to be a creative hub. I knew I wanted, I wanted it to be like a culture center where I wanted like my, my brother, he um, he he had came my brother B Wright. He had came up with the ear drummer logo, and um, he was running all that. He started off as my assistant, and then he was running all the marketing for for ear drummers when it became official. And um, boom! So he was moving around with me. Now he started his own marketing agency called Six Degrees. Now they they're doing probably five activations a week, you know what I'm saying, with all these different corporations around the country. Like, you know what I'm saying? Him and his, him and Dez, and they have a strong team over there. Like, um, they came from Morehouse. They're Morehouse graduates. This is like an extension of that, of like the air drummer brand. It's like, it's, it's, a, it's more a part of the menu. Now it's like, 
You know what I'm saying? Like the playground. Yeah, you got the cookies on there. The yeah, cookies yeah. In, the, in the big play. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? And and it's like and it's like where where do you go when Big Mac becomes the number one selling burger? If you're not gonna go, if you're not gonna go open up Big Macs, because that's what most people do. When Big Macs becomes the number one selling burger, like you said, everybody feels like I don't need nobody and da da da. So they go open up Big Macs. But where like if you're thinking about expansion, where would you go? Yeah. Where would you go? Oh me, as McDonald's. If you were the if 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 you were the one who brought the lunch to the to the menu, and I brought the 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 breakfast, and you know what I'm saying. I guess we would do dinner, and then like I guess expand into different desserts. Yeah. All right. That, that's a that's an idea. To me, I feel like in sales. If we think about sales, and I don't know if McDonald's ever thought about this, but McDonald's, if you if you guys do this, <laughs> if y'all decide to use this idea, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I, I will we take a check. Yeah, I we will, need our ten percent. I, I will take a consultant fee. You know what I'm saying? Fifteen percent, actually. Uh, I didn't say any numbers. I just said a consultant fee. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, like to me, the way my mind looks at it is when num- when Big Mac becomes the number one selling burger, then you go to Frozen. You go Frozen. You go Frozen Big Macs. Now you go in the Frozen food section when they see that red bag with the gold arches. You know what I'm saying? All this branding and all this, you know what I'm saying? All the right branding and all the right everything. Boom. And they got Big Macs right there. You get a, a bag full of five Big Macs in the Frozen food <laughs> section. You turn it around to the back. Now it's telling you how to make a, a McDonald's McFlurry. Now you're in the store and you're buying different ice creams or different uh, McDonald cookies and McDonald, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying, why not go grocery store? We got the fast food booming. Why not take over the grocery store and expand it like that instead no, of going to go point. instead of going to go open up Big Macs? You know what I'm saying? And and just to show that you can take Big Macs just as far as you took McDonald's. See, I feel like a lot of times people start at one. You got to be ready to be uncomfortable, man. That's the thing. That's like that's the real thing. I feel like I feel like that's the real thing. You yeah, I feel like a like, lot of times, like people, like they, they're like, oh, like I'll I'll expand or I'll do this and that when I get like to this age, when I get like this amount in the bank, or when I know X, Y, and Z. It's like you kind of just have to. You have to be like, uncomfortable. To, yeah, you just gotta do it. You have to be uncomfortable. You have to be uncomfortable. You gotta think about it. Anything in life, the only time you you really level up or like you really like break through or like you really did something is when you're uncomfortable. Like when you're working out, when your heart starts beating real hard, when you start breathing real hard, you did something like, you know what I'm saying? You're uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? When you're in the steam room and you almost like, you know what I'm saying? You feel like you can't take anymore. Like that's that state of being uncomfortable. You have to be uncomfortable. So a lot of times people start off uncomfortable or a lot of people that come from where I come from, I don't know where everybody comes from, but a lot of people that come from where I come from, they start off in an uncomfortable position. You know what I'm saying? And then you have to kind of learn, navigate, you know what I'm saying? And keep learning and then keep learning and then keep learning and understand that you have to keep learning and keep learning and and always stay in that student position. And then it's like, boom. Once you keep learning and you keep putting those hours in and you keep putting that work in, next thing you know, now you have some sort of success. 
now you you you've leveled up and you've broke through. So now let's say Big Mac becomes the number one selling burger. You don't take those accolades and then go back to number one. You know what I'm saying? And just be like, okay, well now I know how to do this, and I'm not uncomfortable. I took what I took what came with stepping to two, and I'm going back to one to to try to get to two and three. It makes no sense. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so instead, when you're right there at two. You know what I'm saying? Boom, get uncomfortable again. Set some new goals again. You know what I'm saying? Figure out, man, damn. Man, like, how I'm going to break through this shit? Like, what's next? Like, what what do I need to learn? You heard what I said. Keep mm-hmm. learning and then learning and then learning and then learning. Like, what do I have to learn next for the next steps? Or, or what? Or, or how do we get to three? Like, not how do we go back to one? How do we get to three? Okay, boom. Now we get to three. All right, bet. Now I need to learn, learn, learn. Now I need to get uncomfortable and know that something's going to come through with that uncomfortable and whatever it is. Even that decision where you're thinking that you want to go back to number one, that's that uncomfortable position. Mm-hmm. Break break through that, and that's going to make you go to three. And uh, honestly, uh, and that, that was going to be my last point, which was like just advice and stuff, which you answered like perfectly. Uh, so dang, like you just, <laughs> you basically just wrapped up for me. <laughs> that was my that was my final point of just like. Man, I, I hope y'all, I hope y'all, I hope y'all was able to follow all that. You know what I'm saying? And I no, hope that, I hope it was all it was all making sense. You know what I'm no, saying? That made sense to me. But uh, Mike, thank you so much for joining us and being here. And you dropped a lot of gems. So I'm over here just like, dang, I gotta play this back and bring out nah. a notepad. <laughs> yeah, lace it up, lace it up, lace it up. Word <laughs> it up, man. I hope y'all picking up what I'm spilling, man. I appreciate y'all. You know what I'm saying? For real. Wow. How great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountville Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.